Hey, you've made it to SpriceBase, where people managing social media accounts come for community. This year, our focus is social media for good. Together, we can work to make social media a landscape for healthy online communities to grow. Sound good? Then come along with us on the SpriceBase podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and strive to make social media better for us all. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sprice Face Podcast. I'm Lacey, and today I've got Adrian and Amber here with me. Hi, ladies. Good to see you. Hi. All right, so I'm going to start us off with our nice icebreaker question about, is there a piece of social media content that you've ingested this week that has brought you joy? So I have a little one. I moved recently, and my friend who lives where I used to live, she lives next to this pond. And um, at nighttime, the frogs have started making a lot, a lot of noise. And so she does nightly Instagram stories of the sounds of the frogs. And it makes me feel so good. Um, I, I miss being out in her backyard, and I'm, I'm just happy to hear the frog noises even from far it's, away. It's feels um frog noises feel like hope right spring is coming yes and it's like mm-hmm. a promise and hope is something we don't have a lot of lately so <laughs> i think that i would love that too i may i might need to follow her just for frog noises all right i'll send you i'll send you her profile amber did you have one too i do but it's not frog noises and most people may find this odd but <laughs> um the other day, and I screenshot it and sent it to my team here at Spry, I had an ad in my newsfeed, which was an image of a man on a toilet with yes. his, his unboxers, but they're like pulled up. Like he doesn't have his pants down, but he's sitting on a toilet. <laughs> and it just says 4.5 out of 5 star rating at the top. That's it. <laughs> and I was like... What is this? So I send it to them and I'm kind of teasing, you know, to the Sprite crew. I'm kind of teasing about how um, ineffective this advertisement was. Well, here's where it gets funny (laughs) is that since then, and it's been a few days, I have gotten ads from Omigo or it might be Omigo. I'm not we're not really sure. Um, (laughs) It is a bidet and it it has I am full of content in my newsfeed in my marketplace and my email. I have no idea. These people are geniuses. (laughs) Because of course I clicked on it trying to figure out what an oh my go was. (laughs) I have no idea because it didn't say. So at first I was thinking that these guys were not very smart and now I think that they were real smart because I did the extra step to click through. Might have been a stroke of genius, but now it just makes me laugh every time I see another one of their ads and I'm like, tricks tricks on me. Okay. That's amazing. (laughs) If you get a bidet, I'm just going to come over. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of their ads that they sent is, remember when we ran out of toilet paper? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Here's your solution. All right. Enough potty talk. Today we're talking about manners. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the irony. So this is a topic that we've been interested in for a very long time because um, a lot of people's social media manners suck. And so it just happens that this month, our whole content theme is social media as a means of human connection. And one of the ways that we can safeguard human connection over social media is by having really good manners on social media. So on what good social media manners look like, 
Um, and we're going to start from a really basic perspective. Adrian, you brought the idea to the table like, could we just start with the basics? Like, what manners do we teach children? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> so what, well, what was the first one that we talked about? Well, first of all, I want to say that I don't have kids. So I had to ask Lacey and Amber. I'm like, what do we teach children? I don't even know what to teach, what I would teach a child. <laughs> but, you know, I go back to, you know, what I learned when I was a little kid. You got your 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 pleases and your thank yous. Very basic. Very basic. Yes. And so from a social media perspective, when we're thinking about pleases and thank yous, there's a few things that we're thinking about here. Every piece of content that you're ingesting on social media, you're ingesting for free, okay? So what we see a lot of the time is this sense of entitlement that uh, consumers end up uh, exhibiting, <laughs> okay? They're exhibiting this sense of entitlement online. Maybe they're, you know, asking a question and expecting you know, a really thorough follow-up from the brand that perhaps the brand doesn't have the capacity to teach them and educate them in that way. Perhaps they can do some of that by Googling themselves. Um, so have you two seen kind of this entitlement culture coming that is maybe a problem with people not knowing their social media pleases and thank yous? I, I've seen this reply a lot. Here, let me Google that for you. It's like people just think that they can put it out there and somebody else is going to do the work for them. And, you know, that might be a little different. But today, earlier today, there was um, it's visit Mount Rainier. And somebody said, where can I go play in the snow? You know, sometimes you can't always Google that. Those are hard to find places sometimes. And someone um, had wrote, paradise is great. Go do this at, at Mount Rainier. And somebody else was like, well, check before you go because it's closed. And she said it three or four times. It's closed. I, last time I checked and I'm like in the, on the opposite sense of that, why don't you check to make sure that you're right before you say that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So I typed out, okay, I'll be helpful. And then I erased <laughs> it. And then I was like, <laughs> I tagged her and I was like, <laughs> Hey, it's actually open. Here's the link. I think it might be helpful if you checked that before you put something out there. And I was just like, oh, okay. And I re erased that. And then I just decided to say it. But it is true. It's like people are lazy. They just expect everybody to do do it for them. And it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And a lot of times when you get into very impassioned niche audiences, this happens, I mean, in any niche, you know, item. I mean, I'm, I am a, I, my big hobby is snowboarding and I'm sure there's forums online where you can get all the technical people online talking about snowboarding uh, details. Uh, there's, there's other things, any niche piece, right? And you get into these discussions or maybe there's kind of just a news article and, and there's a discussion happening and and people get very uh you know just impassioned about it but but there's a lot of times where it's like you know what just just relax maybe google something sometimes I, I i see people coming into conversations like demanding that other people like explain things to them and it's like like that is not how it works isn't it it's you this fine google. line 
exactly. <laughs> it's this fine line between engaging and, um, and, you know, putting responsibility on someone else, right? Because when you ask questions on people's posts, you almost want them to feel like even grateful that you even engaged at all, you know, and like they should be so grateful and they should do that research and give you those answers because you didn't even have to, you didn't have to engage at all. Um, right. Yeah. It's and that's of, where there's this interesting line. There's a good rule there. Maybe if you're asking for someone's experience, their personal Ooh. experience around a particular subject, then that's something that you should ask them. If you're asking for facts and actual, you should probably go look for that yourself and make that's your own determinations really too. And that really because good. right, that's a slippery slope. If you just start asking other people for facts and information, you're going to get their facts and their reality, mm -hmm. and it might not be right. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that, Amber. Such a good point. Okay, the next thing that is a really good uh, just manners that we might teach our children is to look people in the eye when you're having a conversation. Okay, so what's interesting about this rule is there's kind of two parts to it. One is yourself, right, representing yourself authentically. And the other side of it is remembering that the other person is a person, right? It's like your own self-respect and the other person's self-respect. Mm -hmm. I see you smiling over there, Amber. You have something? Um, no, not necessarily. I just, I, I love the idea of looking someone in the eye when you're, when you're doing the exact opposite because you're behind screens. So it's just kind <laughs> of a funny, I, that's kind of my smirk because, um, yeah, we need to remember that there are eyes on the other side of that. There is a human being mm -hmm. on the other side of every comment, on the other side of every retaliation. Um, and no matter what they are saying that evokes you to want to respond, we need to remember that what if you disagree with them. I mean, obviously, we're not talking about you're wonderful because those things are always nice to hear. Um, but if there's some uh, a particular thing that you want to comment or engage about that might not be the same way that they think, we need to remember, like, pretend they're standing in front of you. Would you talk to them like that? And mm -hmm. would they still be your friend if you did? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Such a good point. And Adrian, let's talk for a second about, you know, representing yourself authentically. Yeah. I mean... Part of looking someone else in the eye is is when you are looking someone else in the eye and having a conversation IRL. I mean, you you are who you are, but on the internet, I mean, you can create avatars for anything. You can uh, your username, your screen name can be whatever you want it to be. So you know, I, you know, and then it's kind of like that. That kind of goes into another conversation about like online personal branding, but. You know, and it's fine to have like fun profile pictures. Like that's not what I'm. I'm not like trying to say that you can't have like, you know, whatever you want in your profile picture. But it's it's it is something that you should think about. Like, like who are you representing online? Are you representing yourself? Are you misleading people? Are mm -hmm. you um? You know, what are you? What are you? who are you putting out there? Cause people are going to take that and make like assumptions about you. Um, also people can, you know, create different personas for themselves online. I mean, they do it all the time, uh, to be horrible, to be awful. And there is power in honesty and, and saying, I am Adrian and every account I have online is Adrian and I identify myself and 
you know, you're talking to me and I'm not going to like pretend like I'm not, I, I am who I'm not. Uh, you know, that, that is very important. And I think that, um, that is part of good manners, right? Presenting yourself as who you are. I mean, think about every single like high school, like movie ever, the protagonist always gets in trouble when they pretend to be somebody who they're not. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and, and that is one thing that I think takes a little bit of power away from people who uh, maybe are less kind and intentional online who do hide behind something. You know, one of our first steps if we get a message from a troll or something is to go look at their profile, right? Click, go look at their profile. Do they have a profile picture? Do they have an actual name up there? Um, and that's part of looking somebody in the eye, right? Is like, oh, I see you just made a comment to me. Let's go look in your eyes for a second here, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think that's a really important point. Okay, so another thing that is an important manner that we teach our children is to apologize when we are wrong. Okay, um, Amber, from your perspective, how does this play into social media etiquette? I, I can't tell you how many times I've watched somebody going back and forth on um, on a, a particular subject. Maybe it's a hot topic. And one person will be um, very clearly spoken and cite references and the other person just doesn't want to let it up, um, even though they've maybe been proven wrong. And I think, um, even, I think that there is value that even when you still maybe don't think that you're wrong to just say, okay, I see where you're coming from. These are really great resources. Thank you for sharing. Um, I might have been a little off on that. I'm going to go look. I'm going to go look. And then and just kind of walk away. Because at that point, when you're just going back and forth, back and forth, and nobody wants to apologize, um, you're not getting anywhere. You're not changing anyone else's mind. You are providing entertainment for those of us who want to watch. <laughs> so thanks for that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is important sometimes to swallow your pride, even if there are times that you just don't think you're wrong because sometimes that's the only thing that's going to stop a conversation from progressing. And, and at a certain point, it's not doing anyone any good. Right. Yeah. I've, I've watched conversations go Amber similar, like exactly what Amber's saying where, you know, I, I haven't been, I haven't been in those arguments. I wonder Amber, if you're watching me argue with people on the internet, <laughs> maybe. <Might laughs> well, <be. laughs> uh, you know, I'll go back and forth with somebody and there have been times when I've been wrong or or if I put myself in their shoes, I could see how they would see, say that I was wrong. Maybe they're not like wrong or right. Maybe I'm completely correct about what I'm saying, but I will really try to look at it from their perspective and then I'll see like where they're coming from. And then what I'll, I'll say is I'll say, hey, and I'll call them by their name because oftentimes that's a part of like looking somebody in their eye and say, hey, mm. John, thank you. And you call them by their name, treat them like a human and say, you know, I see we're not going to we're not going to agree on this. Uh, I apologize for this part that I was incorrect on or maybe I wasn't clear on. And sometimes people being right or wrong, it's not even being about right or wrong. It's about clarity and it's about like, Ooh, yeah, you know, and so <laughs> Just 
treating somebody with respect and saying, hey, we, we're miscommunicating. I'm sorry that I wasn't clear. Let's just chill and relax and get off the internet. And then normally, what is somebody going to say to that? They're not, you know, if they're a reasonable no. person, they're going to be like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it'll stop there. And nobody feels angry when they go to bed at night doing on it. It feels like it, there's a, some resolution. So be the bigger person, <laughs> resolve it, be done and move on. Um, yeah. It is funny. It is funny that you say, well, maybe I wasn't clear enough. Well, I think that that is one of the biggest downfalls to social media is that we mm. end up engaging with people we've never met before. We don't, we can't hear their tone. We don't know the cadence in their voice. We don't know their personality. So somebody who has a really dry sense of humor might come across <laughs> as a super big jerk and really that they're being funny and everyone mm-hmm. who knows them thinks they're hyster- hysterical. So it's really hard to communicate and we do need to be very careful. And I think it's important to be careful. I think that we've reached a time where people just don't care what the other what other people think of them anymore to a point where they're just going to be angry and go off and set in their ways and not open. And I think that that will, um, I mean, really, it'll kill us as a nation if we don't. And that's, I'm not trying to be political there. It just, it just is. We, we have to be better communicators. And we're talking about it from an interpersonal standpoint right now, person to person, but there's also a brand perspective to look at this too, right? Coming to the table and apologizing, maybe even before you're called out on things. Um, It even makes me think right now about, you know, the changes that we've been making internally over the past year in regards to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, And I almost feel as we're talking about this, I almost feel like there should be like an apology discussion too, like, you know, actually coming to terms with the fact that we hadn't even really thought of this very much as a problem (laughs) before it was put, it was put so much out into the public and we had to make statements about it. There's just something very powerful about apologizing, um, you know, sincerely recognizing things that even from a brand perspective that you've done wrong, um, holding yourself accountable, right? Amy Ert, who we've been talking about and who is now quite active in our Spry Space group, brought that to the table in regards to apologizing for this topic is accountability versus shaming, right? There's a, di- a very easy way to make sure that you are holding yourself accountable and you can also work towards holding other people accountable without any sort of shaming having to happen anyway with the language that we choose in how we discuss our differences, right? That is so huge. Mm-hmm. So he, I, I have avoided oftentimes sensitive subjects because I don't want to be shamed for it, for mm-hmm. whatever I say, like for my ignorance. I don't want to be shamed for the fact that I'm like, yes, I grew up in this small little world and I don't understand these. And I want to ask questions to try to put myself in somebody else's shoes to help understand. I'm all about I love everybody and I always want to understand where everybody's coming from and I ask questions. But online, there are particular types of people who get angry if you're even trying to approach certain subjects as an outsider. And that's hard. Um, so 
So helping somebody through something carefully when you can see that they are trying to to better themselves and not shaming them that's we need, we really need to learn how yeah. to do that better yeah yeah and holding people accountable and part of that too is is kind of what we were just talking about at the very beginning and saying hey you know what you're saying right now might not be really what I experience. Um, here's a great link, or you can Google that before we talk about, or something like that. That is like kind and nice, and not being like you're wrong. Oh my gosh, why would you say that? You know that there's a totally different thing, a different um, angle. Uh, the other thing about shaming that I wanted to mention, it happened just today, and it's wild. And I guess I'm surprised I haven't seen it yet, but. Um, brand like kind of brand shaming around what's happening in the world right now with with COVID. Uh, I have an account where the employees have to travel extensively for their work, and we got a shout out on Twitter. Uh, somebody took a photo of someone with a company jacket on at an airport wearing their wearing a mask and, and following guidelines but they said um, something to the effect that um, this person invaded my six foot space my personal bubble and they were rude basically and and publicly shaming this somebody and then mm. calling and then you know at the brand so like mentioning Ooh. us at, as the brand uh so so, you know, there, there's kind of like this knee-jerk reaction that, that people will have right now because, of course, you want to be shown as taking a public health crisis seriously. Uh, and, and if we had then a knee-jerk reaction, we would have replied and said, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, reprimand this person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then if you think about it kind of, you know – from a different perspective, you know, there's no way to know that that person actually even was an employee. We have mm-hmm. no idea to like, we can't even tell if maybe they got the shirt some, some other way. There's two sides to every story. And it was kind of like, you know, there is that kind of that reaction where people, you, cause, cause they are hot, but hot button issues right now. And sometimes brands are like, Oh my gosh, we have to respond to this because it's going to be so bad. But sometimes not even giving it any energy is the way to go. Ooh, it's kind point. of like if you think about it when you're a kid on the you know when you're a kid in the playground and somebody's tattling on you or making up stories about you, the best thing to do is ignore them. That's what that's what my mom taught me. <laughs> <laughs> I love so. that and I'm probably going to use that a lot from now on. Don't give it any energy. Yes. Don't don't let it pick up steam. Just mm-hmm. let it lie. Yeah. Yeah. I think one more thing that I want to say on this, though, when we're talking about, you know, um, I think another piece of that is acknowledgement. So when you are, um, rather than um, shaming, right, we want to acknowledge their feelings. So there's kind of like that sandwich we talk about. So acknowledge what they're saying and that that you're trying to understand that um, is probably the first sentence that should come out of your mouth when you are then trying to say something that will, you know, hold them accountable. Um, and, and instead of shaming them, I think that that's, 
a good approach. I'll bring up one more thing. I feel like this could be our entire topic, but <laughs> but it's good to orbit around it for a while because it is probably one of the most pressing issues in regards to social media etiquette. So, um, Adrian, you've probably seen a lot. We work with um, a department of the Lakota Sioux tribe. And so we've been following a lot of indigenous um, topics lately. And so we just had the Super Bowl this week and the chiefs were in the Super Bowl, right? And so there are some organizations that work pretty hard to get rid of uh, native mascots. And one thing that I really appreciated as I watched a lot of the content that was coming out from some of these groups is in no way did they target individual people and say, you know, these people are racist for doing this. The way that they communicated was very clear that the practices and behaviors were racist because of these reasons. Here's how it makes people feel. Here are the things that you can do to help forward this cause. Um, it was, it was informative, educational, professional, clear, um, it could have gone a totally different way, right? They could have they could have chose uh, much more shaming type ways of communicating that desire and that initiative. But I learned a lot just from watching the content that was put out by some of those organizations in the last few weeks. And I thought they took advantage of the chiefs being in the spotlight this way in a way that was accountability, not shaming from my perspective. Okay, so let's move to something kind of lighter for a moment. Um, one manner that we try to teach our children is how to make small talk, okay? So some people hate small talk. Some people, you know, they're like, I don't, I don't want to have to do small talk. But there's some power in small talk, okay? There's a reason why when you're in a group of people that you don't know, you talk about the weather, like how, you know, the weather lately, right? It's, be <laughs> it's because it's something that everybody is experiencing at one time, okay? That's why we try to be very mindful as social media managers about what are trending topics, right? What's happening in the world that everyone is experiencing so that why, Adrian, I love the way you say this. Um, what's the phrase you use when you're like talking about entering a room? Oh, you got you got to read read your room. You gotta read the room. I mean, any good networker, anybody who, well, I'm an extrovert if anybody hasn't noticed, but anybody <laughs> who is seeking to, well, you know, you wanna make new friends. Are you going into a room by yourself? Like, a really great way to, to enter is just to come in quietly, kind of sit there and listen and listen to what other people are talking about and then gently start to see if there's any common ground. You know, it could be as basic as, oh my gosh, we're both wearing the color black today. Do you love black? <laughs> Is it your favorite color? And then Lacey will be like, oh my gosh, it's my favorite color. It's I already the know it's your favorite I color. Wear. <laughs> <laughs> but these like little chit chat, these little pieces where you, you find common ground, uh, you can't do that if you just like rush into a room and then announce your presence and say, everybody buy my program on LinkedIn and then <laughs> K buy and you leave. That's not how that's everybody in that room will be like, what is that person doing? <laughs> I love the way you say find common ground. Like, I think that probably is the purpose of small talk. It's it's how do you find common ground? Because if you're going to have any sort of productive conversation, then there has to be these bridges built 
um, through some sort of common ground. I love that. Yeah, people want to be seen and they want to be recognized and validated and they want to feel important, right? So asking questions like, where did you grow up? I mean, just again, all that small talk. And that's in real life, but that's also on social media, maybe even more important on mm. social media because you aren't in person. Um, but if you can make someone feel that way, you're going to immediately you know, have more trust you're going to be recognizable to them. So from a brand standpoint, if you take the time to make those small connections and be interested in the person, not only one, is that good to understand your client and who they really are, um, they'll feel you know appreciated. And that is never a bad thing. I think that we need more of that in the world. And with that, there's an irony here that is not lost on me because in real life, small talk is practically dead. And you want to know why? Because everybody's on their phone. So we already... (laughs) That's true. Uh So so ignore the people in real life and make small talk on your device. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible advice, by the way. (laughs) But, But really... um. Small talk, I think, is important, and it's good manners to not just suck and siphon from people, to actually give back to them and make them feel worthy and loved and important. I think about a lot of comments are, that I see in groups that I'm, you know, lurking around in. Uh, I'm I'm lurking around, listening to the. Re- I'm reading the room. I'm, I'm, you know, that's kind of what social media managers do all the time. We reread the room constantly several different rooms at the same time because if, you, <laughs> if your community is your room and you're kind of peeking your your head in and be like how are you guys doing you know <laughs> what's going on here is everybody fighting is everybody happy you guys got <laughs> snacks what's going on <laughs> like i mean really that's what we do all day and sometimes you don't need to even you just kind of like peek your head in and you're like all right everything's safe and sound um but like if you think about it a lot of the times when people say like oh my gosh this group isn't valuable anymore or uh this place is bringing me down uh is when i see this all the time in uh, groups when people will come into the group their new group members and they will like ask a question right off the bat and it's a question that's been answered in depth like a week ago. And if you just use the search function uh, easily, you'd be able to find that. Or if you or if you see a post sometimes um, just anywhere and then there's some good conversation, but you don't read the conversation, you just read the top and you come in at the bottom all hot and just say, ah, like whatever it is you're going to say. And then people, you know, someone says, we were talking about that up here and you didn't mm-hmm. read it you missed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and that like what you said what you're saying amber is like you're not listening like like think about how much more powerful it is to take the time and read the conversations and then go in and say hey janice you are so correct i love the way you said that and then here's my thoughts right that's so much more powerful and kind and like like proper manners than just like coming in with what you think because then no one's gonna no one's gonna no one's gonna like listen to you because you obviously didn't listen to everybody else so you're just gonna be like ignored and then everyone in your group is gonna be like who's this person and be bugged by it listen to adrian (laughs) 
this is probably a marketing technique that people have seen kind of all over the place, but it goes hand in hand with small talk. Um, but people will post in those groups something that's not even relevant, but to get people to talk about themselves, <laughs> like mm. what what was your favorite band in high school, or um, does anybody know this song, or anything like that? And you will get so many people engaging. And really, what that does is it sets your algorithm that Facebook then thinks that people want to uh, engage with you. So it's a little trick, but it is proof. That people love small talk small and they talk. love to talk about themselves and mm-hmm. um, they want to feel a part of something. Small talk works. I use it as a trick. <laughs> I use it as a trick as like an actual campaign in some of my uh, brands that I manage. You know, we'll do some informational content and then I call some of those posts like simple and engaging posts. Like, you know, if my if my audience is Pacific Northwestern people, I might put out a post that just says, have you been hiking lately? Where? You know, and it's for a mortgage company. So, you know, it really is just that little trick of like, OK, so let's talk about something you're interested in for a little while. And then I can present some information that I think is useful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. It's so smart because, you know, that that can work with so that works with every single other industry, you know, because people, you know, people that want mortgages aren't talking about mortgages all the time. They're going to need mortgages at some point in their lives, but they're not going to be talking about it all the time. But how cool is it to like engage with a brand that happens to be a mortgage company, but also understands what it's like to live in the Northwest? That is so awesome. Like it also for for me, it came to mind um, wine wineries. I used to work in the wine industry. Uh, We didn't talk about wine 24-7. We also talked about cheese Cheese. and bread (laughs) and (laughs) yeah (laughs) all the other things that people who also love wine also love and then you start to create this uh, a relationship you know it's not just like one thing all the time because that gets boring wine also love and then you start to create this uh, a relationship you know it's not just like one thing all the time because that gets boring i love it All right, I'm going to move us on to the next section. Amber, you brought this to the table, which I just love. Um, Any of you who have heard of or read the book, The Four Agreements, um, great book. Um, I don't know if any of you know this, but I've like read all the books in that series. And maybe I also traveled to Mexico where the author like studied and wrote and like went to all the, the pyramids and stuff that they studied at. So I'm like, I love this topic and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, um, I just saw an infographic about it, so I'm not sure I'm the person who should be talking about this. The <laughs> infographic that I saw was pretty awesome and resonated with me, and I was like, "This, we just need to do this in real life with people, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> what is that book? And I think Julia Robertson made the movie where she travels eat, to pray love herself. yes uh-huh. that was your eat pray love moment to mexico yes. to search for the four agreements <laughs> yes okay so one of the things that amber brought to the table that i wanted to talk in depth about here is the four agreements so the four agreements comes from a book by don miguel ruiz 
And um, it's such, such, such a good outline for how to live your life. And also we can apply it to how to do social media. Maybe I went to Mexico and studied <laughs> a bit under uh, the some of the author's sons and whatnot. So I love to talk about this topic. So number one is to be impeccable with your word. So mm-hmm. Adrian, what does that mean? Be impeccable. That means be whatever comes out of your mouth, you have to take responsibility for, Mm. right? So that means that you have to think about before it comes out of your mouth, you know, could it hurt somebody's feelings? Could it hurt? Could it be bad for you? You know, are are you putting your casting yourself in a, in a bad light? Um, you know, are you telling lie about somebody else? Are you gossiping about somebody else? Uh, you know, it's kind of, it kind of ties into the rule that I, similar rule that I kind of go by is that, you know, anything that you write down or say, if, if somebody puts it on the front page of the New York times or whatever newspaper, are you going to stand behind those words? You have to be able to stand behind those words. So being impeccable, yeah, being impeccable with your word just means being very aware about what you're saying at all times. And intentional. Mm Mm-hmm. And I like yep. what you said about about standing behind what you say, you know, being accountable for the words that you say. Mm-hmm. Um, very important. OK, the second agreement on the list is one of my favorites. It's don't take anything personally. So this is something that has been very important to me in my life and also in my job, because I guess I didn't understand until I was nearly 30 that somebody else's opinion of me had much less to do with me than it had to do with what was happening inside of them. So that's the big takeaway from this rule, from my understanding, or this agreement is anything that somebody else says has much more to do with them than it has to do with you. And so you don't have to take on the energy of what anybody else is saying, even if it's about you. Yeah. And, and along with that, the what others say and do is a projection of, of their own reality and their own projections of of how life is right so oftentimes and we when I first started working for you Lacey we did a big personality test and I remember like watching a light bulb go off in your brain like oh that's why Amber is the way she is like I should like I say things just very black and white um it's factual and it is what it is I feel like I don't need a lot of fluff around stuff I want to get to the bottom of things and I don't have a lot of time to uh not sugarcoat but that's just how I communicate and so when we did those personality tests and we were kind of and and then on the flip side of that I'm like oh okay Lacey is tender-hearted and Um, She wants to please others and she wants people around her to be comfortable and happy. And so when she feels that I am being curt and short, it makes her feel like she's done something wrong or that I'm not comfortable or that my feelings are hurt and you want to fix it when really Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it. Right. So what others say and do is a projection of their reality, maybe their personality. It has nothing to do with you Um, and just take it for face value. Don't take it personally. The third agreement that I really like also is don't make any assumptions. Okay. There is a lot of power in asking questions. (laughs) You know, if that's the cure, (laughs) they say what assume is, is it makes an ass out of you and me. (laughs) 
We that could is... not say that, right? <laughs> yeah. So from a brand perspective or from an interpersonal perspective, having the ability to just ask questions about what something means instead of drawing inferences. Um, certainly as a social media manager, like Adrian says, we like to we like to read the room. We like to listen. However, there might be a nice clarifying step where we could ask a question like, hey, we've been seeing this. This is what we think about this. Is this true in your opinion? And that can be the difference between taking an insight that might be wrong and uh, actually creating a, a, an understanding between you and your community or between, you know, any sort of interpersonal connection that you might I have. I love that. Yeah. The last of the four agreements is always do your best. So this one is interesting because it's very subjective what your best is, okay? Because nobody else can say what your best is. You're the only one that can determine that. And your best on Monday is going to be different than your best on Thursday, um, than, you, than the next Thursday, and so on. So what are your thoughts on this, Amber? Right now, especially because you mentioned Monday, I want to be like, take me to church, sister. I, <laughs> my, my best on Monday is never going to be my best on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, it's especially, it just seems like, and I have been really trying to take my weekends off for several months now, but what that does is it piles a lot of responsibility onto Monday and, um, and that can be kind of tricky because then it trickles down through your week. Um, but you need time to reset, right? So I don't know where the happy medium is. Personally, I don't know that I've found it, but I do always do my best. And I think that that is for sure true um, for that it fluctuates from day to day. And, and it just has to be enough. Actually, this, the, my life motto, I have a tattoo right here. Let it be enough. Do your best no matter what and let it be enough. Just let it lie. Let it be still. I, I don't know. I don't know any other way. I kind of think of do your best as kind of being like um, being impeccable with your actions, not just with your words. Because you know what? Mm. Sometimes our best isn't, you can only do what you can do. Right. But as long as you know that even though it's not quite as fast enough or maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, you're still doing it like within your integrity. And that's really like doing your best to me uh, is, is just doing what you possibly can. And, you know, honestly, if people who respect you and are good partners and, you know, maybe it's not quite to whatever standards they have, but they're going to communicate with you, hopefully not make assumptions and they're going to have the four agreements and then you can work through it and do different work or level it up or change it or pivot it or whatever. But like, yeah, for me, like doing your best is just having integrity for, for me, I was kind of thinking about, you know, when you played soccer, I played soccer and in, in uh, high school, I remember, uh, you know, we had to do laps around the field mm, and my dad mm -hmm. would always be like, don't ever cut corners. Don't ever cut corners. And I would never cut corners. And I would, of course, I'm also a slow runner. Let's be real. <laughs> but there was people that would cut the corner and they would finish before me. Right. Um, but I always did my best. And even though I wasn't fa as fast as everyone else, I know that I did my best. I did not cut corners and I did what was right. And that's kind of like what I think of with doing your best. Mm. So, 
Anyway. Sometimes I have an, a tendency to push myself past my best, um, which I think I, I have a goal of through my 30s. Okay, let me give myself some space for this. But through Grace. my 30s, <laughs> I would like to be able to be better at checking in internally with my gut at where my best really ends, you know, um, because when you do more than your best, then your best actually gets worse and worse and worse and worse over time. You just burn yourself out. (laughs) I think that goes right back to what your best is today might not be your best tomorrow, right? Because I do the same thing. I expect perfection from myself. I've watched my little girl struggle through that. And part of me is like, she does good work when she does things. But part of me, when she's so disappointed that she didn't meet this high expectation, um, and she's a competitive athlete. So I'm really trying to teach her that. Well, it's hard when you're not modeling that, right? Mm -hmm. But just doing your best and kind of do your best and let it rest. That's it. And it's a lot easier said than done, that's for sure. So the last thing that I want to talk about in regards to social media etiquette is just the golden rule, okay? The golden rule, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. So um, I have a couple of pet peeves that I would not like ever done unto me. And so um, I would like to bring them up as etiquette. And if either of you have some, you can bring them up too in our last few minutes. So one that drives me nuts is like, don't DM your sales pitches to me. I promise you, I will never direct message a sales pitch to you from any brand or any account that I ever touch. I won't do it. It's rude. Do you agree? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awkward. It's, it's so awkward. It's horrible. <laughs> it's like being a door-to-door salesman. Imagine being a person yes, just that's wandering, exactly what it's like. just wandering around, being like, "Oh, this house looks nice." Knocking on the door and being like, "Do you need a, a vacuum cleaner?" And this person is like the owner of a vacuum cleaner like <laughs> empire. You have no idea, and then you look like a fool. It's bananas. My favorite is I don't do it very often, but you know, LinkedIn is um, is the worst for this. You know, you'll like I have to really monitor who's asking to connect with me and I'm like, "Okay, this person this person looks like they could be legit, you know." And so and then 10 minutes later I get a DM with this and I'm like, "Okay, so am I correct in understanding that you're trying to sell me XYZ?" And they're like, Yes. So could we set up a blah, 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 blah. I'm like, this is just horrible. You know, I I do try to kind of put the accountability back on them. Like, okay, so I'm understanding correctly that we just that we just connected and you're trying to sell me something. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Good strategy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that that I heard about recently that I've seen too is don't shame your followers into engaging with you. You know, a lot of people, especially like micro businesses or photographers I've seen before, will put up this content that's like the social media Instagram algorithm is making it <laughs> so people can't see my content. So you you need to like it and you need to save it and you need to share it. And why aren't you doing this? You're following me. Why are it, it's too much? Mm. No, don't do that. That's really awkward. That's no. what advertising dollars are for. Like, <laughs> or or a simple education post. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if you love this content, go to these three little dots and click follow all. Yeah, and be kind about just, it, and be sweet about it, and and put and let them 
make the decisions for themselves, which again, goes right along with what you were just saying. And I don't know how far I want to get into this because I don't want to offend anyone who might be listening who's my friend. But I have a lot of friends, especially during COVID, who have started selling, you know, multi-level marketing type of things. And I love them and I want to support them when I want to. I don't want to be berated about it. I don't want to be put on the spot about it. And if you and I have been friends for the opposite of LinkedIn, where you connect and try to sell, whether where I've been friends and connected with you for years and you never say anything and we don't have a relationship and then you try to sell. Yeah. That's just as tacky. It's just as tacky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Any other big pet peeves that you oh got to get off your chest? Okay. Using the word hack, being like, hack the algorithm, hack this, hack that, hack, hack, hack. I'm a hacker. I can just magically hack things. And then they use that as like, like, okay, maybe the hack, maybe using jargon to make you sound super, uh, I don't know what the word for it is. Not just smart, but just make you sound like you are at a level beyond everyone else and you just fill your content with jargon. And so people are kind of like uh, intimidated by you. Um, you. You just kind of present yourself as just this hot shot and it's really not that true. Also, the <laughs> word hack is like just all the jargon. I'm over jargon. I'm over the word Likes. disrupt. I'm over it's something over. you do when you have a cold. Hack, hack, <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like hacking. Hacking to me is like tricking the system. Like, is that sustainable for you? No, you're not going to be able to trick the system all the time. And it's going to come back and bite you in the butt, actually. And sometimes, um, you know, like platforms, when they find out that you're hacking their system, they might kick you off forever. So it's I've like, experienced that. Yeah. So <laughs> back in the SEO, back in the SEO days, I, I, I got a couple things banned when I was testing those waters of trying to hack, hack and yeah. that taught me real quick. You just do things legitimately. If you try to just, hack the system, you're going to be, you're going to be blacklisted for it. So exactly. slow and steady wins the race. I'm telling you mm-hmm. that. And number two for me is bragging about yourself and not bringing others into the conversation. Mm, Uh, mm -hmm. I just, you know, there's this fine line of personal branding where you're establishing yourself as a, you know, a influencer or or just somebody who has really smart things to say. I think that there's a fine line between being helpful, being courteous, being personable, being, uh, you know, charismatic, whatever it is. Um, but not constantly it being about you because you didn't invent everything. You have all these other people that have helped you along the way. So like bringing other people into the conversation and saying, you know, my friend so-and-so and I were talking about this topic the other day. What do you think? That's so much more inviting to everyone than just to have you shouting about yourself. Then having you say, here's something that I do that works fabulously. <laughs> <laughs> good for you <laughs> be about it I'm just dropping all these one liners I love yeah, it girl. <laughs> I'm here for the one liners you want to know what my pet peeve is Yes. Yeah. when you blatantly see people engaging with posts to react instead of engaging with posts to learn mm. or to listen um, and that kind of brings us right back around to what we started with talking about um but that is a pet peeve of mine when 
people and they just keep responding and not and you can tell that they're not even hearing the words on the other side of the conversation and it's just like what why why are you here <laughs> it's reasonable yeah. going mm-hmm. anywhere yeah <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that this is something that people will will look at and resonate with and listen to and feel like it it is relatable to them because we're all experiencing this social media chaos together. And if we could all just learn some of these simple manners that we already know and and just apply them properly uh, on this platform, then we're going to have more constructive conversations. We're going to have, you know, bigger, more engaged communities. Our brands are going to do better. Our relationships are going to do better. So, so here's to hoping (laughs) for social media etiquette to just trickle down through the platform all through this year. We hope that you will, from this point on, have manners on purpose. Mm, That's right. So, whenever... Lacey, I... Yeah, we we wrap this up. But I, before you try to turn it on us, I actually want to turn it around on you. Can can we do that today? Okay, I'm so, here. I'm here for it. Okay, so hey, Lacey, there's a question that you ask us in closing every podcast so far in 2021. But we'd like yes. to hear from you. Okay, how is your relationship with social media right now? Okay, so let's talk about the positives and the negatives for me. The positives, we have been working with new brands, quite a few new brands lately who have opened up totally new lines of education for me. So I've, my, the people who I follow no longer look just like me. Okay. You know, I would say if you would rewind a year ago, people who I followed looked very much like me, acted like me, were in industries like me. One year later, I am learning about different cultures, different ideologies, different lifestyles, way more. I I don't even recognize my feed compared to a year ago. So I'm very proud of that. However, on the downside, um, as I have moved into my own space and I don't have any other adults here living with me, in the evening, I would say that my social media activity is not nearly as healthy as it could be. I find myself scrolling and tapping and scrolling and tapping, and I can hear my own conscience saying, like, this is no longer good for you. You're getting nothing out of this. <laughs> and, and my body posture, like, slowly slumps and slumps and slumps to the fact that I'm not even really there. Um, I'm just consuming, and I'm tired, and I'm just I just don't stop, you know. Now, at least, thankfully, I have kept in place the leave my room in another or my phone in another room at night when I sleep, like over the whole past year. So I would say that's my only saving grace on this is that at least I have kept that boundary so that when it's time for bed, I'm not scrolling in bed or tapping in bed. Um, But, you know, there's probably a good 45 minutes or hour in the evening that has not been useful and I can feel it sucking the energy. You know that feeling where you really can feel it sucking the energy out of you in an unhealthy way? Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll work on that. I'm glad you asked about it because I haven't said it out loud, I don't think. Yeah, sometimes saying it out loud, it's like the first step is recognizing it, right? Mm-hmm. Hearing yourself mm-hmm. say it. Yeah. Well, I yep. appreciate you good, too. Good therapy session, girls. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I appreciate you two so much and having this conversation. Is there anything else that, that either of you want to add before we wrap it up? No, we just, who will let us be the internet police and make people be nice <laughs> to each other? That's all I want to know. <sighs> I'll see oh what I can do. Goodness. I'll put in some applications. Thank <laughs> okay, good. 
Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you, those of you who are listening, for your time as well. Uh, we will post some more questions about this in our Facebook group, Spry Space. So you can find us and join the conversation there. There's an active post about social media managers in there right now, or I mean about social media manners. There's, I'm sure there's stuff about managers as well, but social media manners specifically for this week. Did you say managers? <laughs> so you can find us there in Spry Space. You can find us at Think Spry on any of the other social channels. And we just hope that no matter what, you're trying to use your manners properly. And as always, we hope that you keep learning. Okay? We will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Good night, everyone. Bye.